We're back now with a Healthy Relationships original. I was uh, getting my oil changed sometime back. <clears throat> you know, getting your oil changed used to be a horrible experience. They'd have you uh, in this small little waiting room, real greasy, in the chairs and the seats, like even oil in the waiting room. And they'd have coffee there for you, but the, the, the coffee tasted like motor oil. Then they did the thing where they shut that down and you just waited in your in your car when it was hot in the summertime. Well, now a lot of these places have real nice waiting areas and they've got great coffee machines. Not, not the ones where you just get a black coffee, but you can get a cappuccino, a mocha, a mocha chino, something like that, right? So I was enjoying a nice cappuccino. And the, the whole place was full, and, and the oil change was going a little long. And like 35 feet away from me, and I mean, the place was packed out in these nice, comfy, soft chairs. All the way across the waiting room was this girl, and uh, she was talking on the phone loudly. Now, we've all done it. It happens. But uh, this girl, it was like just her, her phone, and her friend that she was talking to. <laughs> And so I couldn't help but listen. And she was going on and on and on to her girl girlfriend. I think her name was Becky. She was like, Becky, oh my God, you will not believe what Derek did. And she's going on and on and on about her boyfriend, Derek. And I don't get it. This girl was from Kansas City, at least from Missouri. She pulled in with a Missouri plate. But she was talking like she, well, trying to talk like she was from California. Right. I don't what what is up with that? Like I'll go down to Arkansas, Texas, and just hear girls talking, and they don't talk like Arkansas or Texas. They they try to talk like Kim Kardashian. What is that? Where did that come from? It well anyway, so this <laughs> this girl's like talking to Becky about Derek and she was like, Yeah, he was going on and on the other day. Like we were in the car riding, and he was just like being really weird. I don't know. He was just like being really weird about all this and that and the other. And I just, I don't know. Finally, he just told me I, he can't be with any of me anymore because, uh, because uh, he just doesn't know what he wants. He just doesn't know what he wants. And for like 45 minutes, she went on and on and on about her boyfriend who broke up with her because he just didn't know what he wants. And I thought, well, I'm going to use this. And I got out a pen and paper and started writing some stuff down because... And I know I'm having fun with this, especially he was being like really weird. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when girls start saying that about guys. He was being really weird. <laughs> but this is this is a, a real situation, a real issue that I think a lot of uh, people, even in the Pentecostal church, have encountered. It's a guy <laughs> who doesn't know what he wants doesn't know what he wants. And usually what happens is the guy is so nice and so kind and really shows, truly treats a lady really, really nice. But when it comes time to, you know, I guess take it to the next level, he's not ready to do that yet because he doesn't know what he wants. You know, he knows how to date. He knows how to, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, make a girl feel special and there's sparks and all of this stuff. And she's hoping, you know, that maybe they'll start asking about marriage. But it's it's like he shuts down because he's getting really weird and he doesn't know what he wants. 
It's not a good place to be, guys. When she starts saying that, he's being really weird and doesn't know what he wants. That's a clue to you. I don't know. I don't think if a girl's saying that, she's ready for it to move fast. But it's it's kind of like she doesn't she feels like she's wasting her time and feels sort of like her heart is getting toyed with. And she does trying to protect herself and her emotions and her life and her feelings, her future and all of that. And she is going to want to know, you know, the deal, you know, the drill. She's going to move her finger back and forth really fast and say, I need to know what this is. (laughs) So you're going to have to either put an an official label on it or a fiance label on it or something on that because she's going to want to know. But if you're at that place where you don't know what you want, I've got some ideas to help you with that because it's really not a good place to be. You need to know what you want. You need to know what you should have. (laughs) You need to know the direction you should take. I think at all times, especially when it comes to dating, engagement, the wedding, and the marriage. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Take God's love to another level in your life by giving to the ministry of this podcast. Give an offering through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thanks and be blessed. For a guy who feels like he doesn't know what he wants, I there could be a, so many reasons for this, but here's a few common ones that I've observed. The guy is double-minded. And what does the Bible say about a man who's double-minded? Well, he's just unstable in all his ways. He's got two different thoughts going on at one time about a particular issue. One is the pros, one is the cons. One says yes, one says no. One says this is certain, the other one says I don't know. The other one is a constant, and the other thought is variable. Perhaps he is, uh, this is probably the number one thing, he's hung up on some other girl. You know, he really likes, he, he, he's dating Becky, but he uh, really likes Amanda. And he can't commit to either one because he likes both. And so, yeah, you're not going to win either way. You're ending up going to be alone and, and Becky and Amanda are going to go find somebody else. And yeah, that is acting really weird. So let me tell you this way. I think it was uh, Napoleon Hill in the Think and Grow Rich book, a great book, by the way, read it when I was about 18. He said the most successful people in the world chose a line and stuck with it. And I think this is a problem, especially for Americans, because we love options. Well, that's great. You want to have options, but you have to pick one. You have to choose one and just stick with it. And the more you work with it, invest in it, take time to make sure it's a growing healthy relationship the more you'll benefit from it and I think you've just got to assess the facts about maybe this girl you're dating you realize you know what what you've wanted all along it's right there and perhaps it's time to just choose it and stick with it and forget about all the other options I mean it's just as simple as that And if you do that, you know, talk to some other people, get some wise counsel, pray about it. You've just got to take a hard assessment in your thought process and the 
feelings that you are having. The girl you are with, it might be time to fish or cut bait. And if you're at a place where you don't know what you want, it's probably not her that's the problem. It's the guy that's the problem. He doesn't know what he wants because he has so many other options and he's focused on that one other girl. Maybe it could be an old girlfriend. I don't know. It's not really a good place to be. Another reason perhaps is the guy has personally no imagination or no ambition. Hasn't accomplished much for himself. Never really committed to school. Never really committed to a job. Never really committed to a ministry. He doesn't know what he wants for a girl or in a girl because he doesn't know what he wants for himself. And I think marriage, it takes a man to get married, not a boy, not a young man. It takes a man (laughs) to get married. Now, you'll never feel ready, guys. You never will. But you need to have uh, figuring out what you want in yourself and at least be in that direction. And that could be one of the reasons why you're having a hard time getting married because you feel so unstable in your education and your career and your investments and things like that. I know some guys, they get married, then the job comes. Some guys, the education and the job comes, and then they get married. That's the way it happened for me. So you might want to take a look at yourself and ask yourself the honest question, am I really at where I want to be? You know, granted, you know, when you're 25, you're not going to have what a 50-year-old man has. You need to ask yourself, okay, I'm 23, I'm 25, I'm 28, I'm 34, whatever. Ask yourself, Do I have what I should have at my age? What I've been through, what I've gone through, do I have it? Or am I still wanting it? you got to be at a good place wherever you're at in life and your age. If you really feel like you do, perhaps it's time to really start thinking about uh, that girl and figure out what you want. I believe in journaling. I'm a journaler. I believe that the human brain... It really wasn't created to remember things. It was more so kind of created to think. You know what I mean? And I think projecting yourself through a pen onto some paper, it will help you to, I guess, create a second brain for yourself, right? Create a second brain for yourself. And in doing that, it'll help you process what is going on in your mind and then the feelings of your heart. And I've actually gotten a a lot of guys to do this when they're faced with a, um, I don't know, a confusing situation. And this isn't nothing new with me. I didn't, I I invented this all on my own for myself, but I I think there's other, (laughs) um, I guess, thinking processes that are out there kind of like this. And it's what, it's what I, it's called a, what you know, and what you don't know list or what is certain and what is uncertain or what is, um, I, I guess, constant or variable. You just take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and at the top left, you write, what I know. And then on the other side, what I don't know. And you take the situation you're in, and you start writing. (laughs) And whatever you write, either you know it or you don't know about it, and you put it in that column. Do this about the girl that you're dating, but you're just not sure what you want. Write what you know. And then write what you don't know. If what you know, that list is longer than what you don't know, you're probably dating the right girl. 
If what you don't know, that side seems to be longer. I'm not saying you're dating the wrong girl, but perhaps you need to take a better, deeper look within yourself. But I have found in doing that exercise, just getting out a piece of paper and doing that, you will discover what you need to do because the chances are the answer's already in your heart. And it's just up to you to project it, to get it out there, and to be honest with yourself. I don't know, I just, going back to that, choose a line and stick with it, it means, in the book, that book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, it had to do with business. And at that time, I was uh, selling life insurance and annuities and investments and things like that. And I was all in and uh, did really well in my first season of doing that. And uh, I just, that line stuck with me. Choose a line and stick with it. Go for it. It's kind of like whatever you do, give it 100%. If you can't, don't do it. So if it's uh, podcasting, give it 100%, (laughs) which I haven't been lately, by the way. And uh, some of you who who know me personally, you understand (laughs) that uh, I had a major change in my ministry, became the lead pastor of the church here in Kansas City. And then we also had a big conference back at the end of October. It was my birthday. Then then, uh, my sister got married. And then there was Thanksgiving and all this stuff going on. And it's just kind of difficult to manage all of it. But I... We're going to be giving 100% to this podcast. Don't you worry. We're getting back into the flow of things. I actually got some new ideas to bring some good change and a new change of scenery. Not so much scenery. There's nothing really to see, but a new change of soundery. How about that? But you got to give it 100%. And I think the girl that you're dating, how you know if she's the one is, does she motivate you to be a 100 for her? Give it 100%. And if giving 100% is something that you want to do, she's it. So I think it's you need to make a commitment or no, because marriage is a commitment. Whether you feel like it or not, you just go for it. If you know it's right, don't worry about how you feel. I mean, yeah, the feelings have got to be there, but sometimes they're not always there. You got to go with uh, what what is real and what is obvious and what is clear and what is it. What, what brings peace? So that's how you figure out what you want, what you should be doing, <laughs> right? So, so yeah, my sister, uh, Michaela Gleason, got married to the handsome Jackson Fedosa. So it was a beautiful wedding, an extremely beautiful wedding, and it's quite a story. It was uh, December of 2022. Uh, Jackson knew that the beautiful Michaela... <laughs> would be at the Iowa District uh, Youth Convention. And uh, some people offered to introduce him to her, and he said, no, I'm just going to meet her myself. Walked right up to her at the youth ministry's booth, introduced himself. They had like an hour-long conversation. Got her number, started the phone calls, then started the dates. Then they're engaged, and then uh, they got married, November 2023. You know, that's a guy who knows what he wants. And that's how it's got to be. So, guys, uh, just figure it out. Quit, Get out of that valley of indecision and make a decision. How long are you going to say, I don't know, I just don't know, I just don't know? Well, well, what, it's t- when do you know? <laughs> 
stop acting really weird <laughs> and get after it. And look, I get it. You're, you're going to have that point in time when you're dating where it's going to be like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. I had that with uh, my wife. I did. So we weren't in a fight, but I was up in, uh, she's from Minnesota. I was up there visiting her. This is, uh, I think this was around like February or March 2009. We'd been dating steadily for a little over six months. And uh, we were out with some of her friends. And usually uh, the girl's friends, they're usually really mean to the guy. But now the guy's friends, they're always so nice to the girlfriend. That's just how it is. Was it was that way back then in two thousand nine? It's it's here today in twenty twenty three. That's just how it is, and I don't get that. But anyway, so I was. Uh, some people were rude to me. Some people giving me the cold shoulder, and we were out bowling. And even Anna was acting really weird. <laughs> she was. She. I just. I wasn't getting all the attention, you know, from her like I was used to. But she was enjoying being out with her friends, and uh, I was just sitting there waiting for my turn and I just looked it on and thought to myself do I love her and deep within myself I spoke to myself and I said yes I do and that's all it took and so yes I was annoyed the rest of the evening you know what I realized I knew what I wanted and I couldn't couldn't think about how I was how I was feeling that moment in that place in that time and uh, got over that, got through that, and realized the greatest opportunity in my life for a wife was Anna. And I did ask her to marry me that year, and we did get married, and here we are doing great. So life sometimes you can't look at it as w- about what you want. You need to look at what is possible, and you need to start thinking about what you should do because it's not always about feelings it's about what is right it's about what is just it is about what you already have going for you so guys don't you set yourself back if you've been going steady for quite a while think about yourself are you doing what you want to do are you what you want to be get that figured out you're closer to it than you think and then it's time to tell that special girl how you really feel this Christmas. All right. It's as simple as that. The Justin C. Gleason podcast is available on Apple podcast, Spotify, and more. Press follow and become a loyal listener. Give a five-star rating and write a great review. You can also get more content from me at the Life Church KC podcast. You're here to listen and I'm here to talk. I want to circle back now to the uh, a man who is double-minded, is unstable in all his ways. A guy, you know, who doesn't know what he wants, and that girl who's double-minded, and maybe he's interested in another girl. Or I could tell you what else could be going on is the guy is into porn. <laughs> he's got filthy passions for fantasy and pictures and videos and. Toys and dolls and whatever else there. That's a problem. And I think it's even more of a problem than being interested in an actual physical woman that at least knows who you are. 
And so we're coming to the end of November 2023, and you've probably seen it, heard about it. That internet trend, that NNN, the no-you-know-what November. (laughs) Nothing to do with God, but I guess there's guys out there that are doing this for health reasons, and that's it. It was originally intended, I think, to be... Uh, like just some like like satire. That's all it was. But I guess, however, there are people out there that believe that abstaining from watching the big P and abstaining from the big M that it has all these health benefits. Then, it, of course, it is followed by D D D destroy. You know what December? And uh, you know you go from nothing all one month, and then the next month it's nothing but candy. And this is a problem for guys. It has no place, should not even be named in the apostolic church, but it's out there. And it's all about getting your flesh into subjection. And it's hard to have the blessings and the opportunities for a uh, <clears throat> marriage in the will of God when that's going on in a guy's life. So you got to you got to get on you got to get stable. And what you're looking at, what you're giving your heart and soul to when nobody's looking and really, really dig deep and get all that stuff out of you and go for a real godly woman, guys. Okay. So have you ever heard of, uh, let's pick on somebody who's dead. (laughs) Hans Christian Andersen. He was an author, wrote for us a lot of fairy tales, Uh, The Little Mermaid. Ugly Duckling, um, Snow Queen, Thumbelina, The Emperor's New Clothes, The Nightingale, The Five Peas in a Pod. Very famous author. Hans Christian Andersen never got married, although they say that he tried with no luck. I say he attempted and he failed. Well, after I think he passed away, they got to digging through his stuff. They figured out... (laughs) Some more about this guy's private life through his own journals. They found in his journals that he loved to go to brothels. Most men that went there would go there and the prostitutes would let the men have their way with them. Well, not old Hans. Hans went there just to speak with prostitutes. <laughs> he, <laughs> he'd pay them money. They were expecting, you know, to have a good time and all he Wanted to do is talk. You think about, I mean, that's <laughs> so weird. You know, in his British accent, hello there, ducky. Let's just have a little talk, a little chat, right? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then he went home and did the, the big M and kept journals of it, wrote about it. Oh, that is so weird. Wrote books about himself, enjoying his own candy. And... You know, that type of guy did not know what he wanted. That's why he never got married. So he just wrote little books and went to brothels and wrote little books about himself enjoying the the brothels at home. So (sighs) porn is a problem. Porn is here. Porn is there. Porn is everywhere. It is so available. And it used to be you could really control your devices, not anymore. You know what you have to control? Your own heart and your own soul and your own spirit. So many great scriptures about this, but one of the best is Job. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. How then can I think upon a maid? 
want to get some stability in your life, guys, put down the porn and get a prayer life. Stop doing the big M and get married. certainly hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It used to be, when I was a kid, everybody looked forward to Thanksgiving. Everybody loved Thanksgiving. Everybody talked about Thanksgiving, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of joy about Thanksgiving these days. I remember back uh, New Year's Eve 2022, was uh, watching some news and they were going around interviewing people on New Year's Eve about uh, their New Year's resolutions and all of that. To my shock, so many people said, in 2023, I'm going to get rid of toxic people in my life. There was It was like 30 people that said that, get rid of toxic people. And people that didn't have anything to do with each other, no connection. That's just what everybody was feeling there in that moment for 2023. Getting rid of toxic people in their life. People are saying, like, my toxic mom, my toxic dad, you know, breaking up with my toxic boyfriend who's being really weird and doesn't know what he wants, right? And I think a lot of people feel this way around uh, the holidays. Holidays are strange for a lot of people. Holidays have their way, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Whatever you're feeling deep down inside, you can't contain it. It has its way of really getting flushed out up into your brain and out in the open. And you you just really know what you really are. For instance, if you're alone, holidays, you will realize just how alone you really are. Uh, <laughs> if you're surrounded by toxic people and you feel like you have no time to be alone at all, that'll come out too. <laughs> But I know it's getting really bad because even the United Pentecostal Church Youth Ministries uh, made a post about Thanksgiving for people who are dreading seeing their family. And they offered great solutions on what to do. And uh, they, they said, uh, pray for patience. See your family members the way God sees them. Uh, speak life into the family gathering and see it as an opportunity to minister. I think that's good if it's possible. But yeah, there is a a lot of toxic personalities out there. And I've heard it said all my life, you can't fix stupid. I'm starting to wonder, can, can we help those who are mentally ill? And I've even wondered, can we have peace with toxic people? I just, I'm starting to wonder that, so... I hope uh, you survived your Thanksgiving and you're uh, looking forward to a great Christmas, right? Yeah. So uh, a lot of horrible news out there. A lot of horrible news. And sometimes I like to pick out stories that I read about that I feel could be a help and benefit, maybe understand a little little bit about the uh, times and seasons that we are in. And uh, something happened to a a pretty popular figure in the re, in the uh, religious world named Mike Bickle. It had just happened uh, just uh, here several weeks ago. He is the founder and leader of the International House of Prayer, Kansas City. 
It's a big network. They have a local church. They have a school. They have a prayer thing. They've got a lot of things going on. He's known uh, even internationally, have big conferences and things like that. Well, he has stepped down, was asked to step down. He stepped down. Currently is is no longer the leader of IHOP due to uh, multiple sexual misconduct allegations. Leading these allegations is Dwayne Roberts, a former executive with IHOP and a member of their elder team, an elder director by the name of Stuart Greaves <laughs> and uh, several other elders got up at the Forerunner Church. It's uh, the church associated with uh, IHOP on October 29th, 2023. And this is what executive director Stuart Greaves said. This has been an incredibly difficult week. We are heartbroken to share that we recently became aware of serious allegations of sexual immorality directed against Mike Bickle, the founder of IHOP KC. Our leadership team takes these allegations very seriously, and we are laboring for truth, light, redemption, and righteousness. Please pray for all the people involved, including the ones who have come forward, those who have experienced trauma, and for the Bickle family. We're asking for your patience as we work through this complex, very difficult situation to refrain from using prophetic spiritual language that can be interpreted as dismissive of the pain of those who are traumatized. Mm. Let me repeat that to you again. Notice this. Refrain from using prophetic spiritual language that can be dismissive. Yikes. Uh, this probably is a reference to something Michael Mike Bickle has said through the years. He calls it the black horse. He said it for years because IHOP has been attacked for years. And Mike Bickle has used that term black horse as, as a demon or a demonic spirit that is uh, uh, trying to attack, attack them. You know, it's people that are being critical and calling uh, their movement out. And that's the black horse. It's It's the demons trying to destroy what they have, right? So this is really interesting. For all these years, Mike Bickle and IHOP, which, by the way, it's a really impressive campus. Some nice people, you know. But uh, for all these years, these allegations that come up to them about their church, they've just, just dismissed it as the demons. But this deal, not so much. They used to use a lot of prophecy. They would prophesy themselves out of scandals, prophesy themselves out of legal situations. But here with this, not so much. Not using prophecy. Not using any spiritual giftings to unearth the truth. It looks like with this, they're sticking with witnesses. They're sticking with evidence. They're sticking with the facts. And their judgment of this situation. I mean, I'm going to repeat that again. They're saying here, this elder said, refrain from using prophetic spiritual language. That can be dismissive of the pain that they're uh, the people that are traumatized. I applaud this because this is what happened a lot in the latter rain movement. This is what has happened in the prophetic ministry working workers, whatever. You know, a lot of this went on in the past here in Kansas City. They called them the Kansas City prophets. It's a group of uh, f- uh, five charismatic guys. And uh, Mike Pickle, Mike Bickle, 
<laughs> Bickle. Mike Bickle was the leader of that group. All of these men have kind of come and gone. They're not in Kansas City anymore. Uh, Bob Jones, Paul Kane, Bill Hammond, Larry Randolph, James Gull, Jill Austin, John Paul Jackson, a lot of those type of people you know. They're here or there everywhere. Some you don't hear about them ever again. But Mike Bickle was the one that stayed. He's the last one. Well, he's not anymore. And so all of these guys who had these prophetic, charismatic giftings, who once were so influential, all just disappointed so many people here in Kansas City. And this Mike Bickle deal, I know there's some people that are saying that this former executive, this is just vengeance against IHOP and Mike Bickle, and it's not true. Yeah, this is exactly what the elder of the Forerunner Church said, don't do. Stop prophesying. We're going with facts. We're going with the evidence. We're going to make the right judgment call. I could see it in that elder team's eyes. I could feel it. They know he's guilty. And I think uh, Mike Bickle needs to come forward and tell the truth about it. How else, how, how else is this going to get resolved? So lies, lies, lies. But they know the truth. They've got it. They've got it. And uh, this whole situation is sad. It's, it's, it's a crazy deal. And I'm not rejoicing in any of this. You know what? I there there is no prophecy in this situation. It is it is it is put in the hands of of of, of, of elders that are making a judgment about this situation. And I don't know. I'm just I'm not prophesying it, but I'm just predicting it. I I think Mike Bickle is finished there. It don't look good. So you know what I've done the last several weeks about this. Paid attention to the news, yes. I don't know anybody connected to IOP. I haven't spoken to a single person. But you know what I do whenever situations happen like this? I've done it. Even in my own organization, the United Pentecostal Church, we've had ministers fall. You know what I've done every time that has happened? I fall on my face and I repent. Before you point the other finger, you better check to make sure there's no moat in your own eye. <laughs> Or you call the speck out in somebody else's. You got a moat in your own eye. And I did this with, with this Mike Bickle case. I've been praying and seeking God for myself. And just saying, God, if it can happen to them, it could happen to me. And really check in my spirit and thank the Lord. He has helped me keep my integrity. He has helped me keep my character. And I, I tell you, the devil is trying to destroy anybody he can. So that's what I think we should do. I did this with Jeremy Foster. I just prayed, God, help me. All of those situations, never ever swell up in pride. For pride comes before a fall. Okay? So uh, Israel is st- uh, changing subjects. Now, Israel is still at war with Hamas. Oh, it's just horrible seeing all of that. You know... Uh, there's there's a lot of, a lot really we could talk about here and I have but I just uh, I want to leave you with this some people I, I know are just so upset that you know people in the church are actually taking Israel's side they're like we can't take sides you know they're, we've got to reach the world we've got to reach Jews and Muslims <laughs> all of this stuff and I'm like come on you know before there was a church there was Israel and God gave promises to Abraham. And through his holy prophets, 
uh, they reminded us that God swore an oath upon himself to Abraham. That is the land of his descendants. And I think God is saddened not to see Abraham's children fight over Abraham's land, but rather God was saddened there, I'd say, enraged to see Hamas come in and terrorize the children of Abraham and terrorize the land that belongs to the children of Abraham. So, But remember this in Zephaniah chapter number 2, that after God gathers the undesirable nation, gathers them up, that's the rapture of the church, the first nation to be judged is Gaza. Because I believe Gaza in the latter days is going to cause more and more trouble for Israel, far more than anyone else, and they will be the first ones that God judges when that time comes. So, uh, I'm Justin Gleason. I talk about what I know about, and I know what my Bible says. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I also know what Proverbs says. Don't follow lust. Don't follow the adulterous woman. Your life will be over. And I know what the Bible says about Israel. God has not given up on his word. He's not broken any of his promises. But you will see it in our time and season. Israel will prevail through this. You're listening to the Justin C. Gleason podcast. God bless you. Looking forward to this Christmas season. More episodes are coming. Thanks.